Well, hey there, everybody. Hi to buzzards. This is Macy. This is Nicole. And you're listening to Buzz Killers, a proud podcast of the Podmoth Network. I forgot. I know. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're there to catch me when I fall. Yeah. Hi, guys. My mother is texting me about wanting to get a tattoo of a sheep. <laughs> She literally just sent me this and said, "If I ever get a, if I ever get a tattoo, and it's like this little sad-looking sheep, and it's really cute. It's smiling. Oh, I guess it is smiling. It looks sad. Its eyes are closed. It looks sleepy. It's cute. Kind of looks stoned. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could just make that joke. Be like, that looks stoned, mom. Dot dot dot. <laughs> oh my god, this is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> now my sister is sending her pictures of sheep tattoos. Oh, that one's cute. <laughs> I love little tattoos. I was gonna say I love like little simple tattoos like that. I want to get like so many more. I just got my dinosaur though, and I want to get another big one. I was gonna say I just got my big shoulder piece. It's gonna be a hot minute for me. Yeah, yeah. Anything, anything that comes after this is gonna be uh, something small for at least a little bit, because I kind of want to make this bigger. I like want it to be more. Oh, your shoulder piece. This was like the start. Oh, okay. I want to add like vine. I want it to be the piece that like entangles my whole arm. Oh, okay. I want like vines around it that like go down my arm and bring all the pieces together because it's all music related. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I have a um, <laughs> I have a true crime arm, I have a dinosaur arm, and uh, three music tattoos. <laughs> I just have a music arm, and then everything else is weird. It's weird. Everything <laughs> else is just like the most. It's not weird. It's just random. Like I've got the four birds on my I love that though. On my collarbone that my sister and I have. She has the same this exact same tattoo in the same spot. It's matching. It's supposed to be like me, her, my mom, my dad. Oh. So the four nice. birds are for us and then I've got a dragonfly in the middle of my back because I absolutely fucking love dragonflies. They're like the one part of nature that like just absolutely mesmerizes me for some fucking reason. <laughs> like I, I can literally people are like, you know dragonflies bite? And I'm like, that's what? I was like, they, I've literally held them. Like, I can walk up to them and, like, pick them up and they'll sit on my fingers. And it's, like, the yeah. one insect I am not afraid of. And I absolutely love them. And I think they're beautiful. And I will just, like, sit there and hold them. And I feel so very at peace. And I'm like, I like you. Uh, <laughs> I've got my camera, which is my hobby. I got my knife, which is my hobby. Murdering people is not my hobby. True crime is. <laughs> That was not a good way to put that. <laughs> hey, a knife. It's my hobby. I love to stab people, you know. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think of it like that, but I see how others might. I've got my breathe tattoo that's in my mom's handwriting. Oh, that's oh, nice. I didn't know it was in your mom's handwriting. Yeah. My that's mom's cool. got the world's neatest motherfucking handwriting. Yeah, I was like, that B is like I know. perfection. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got those, and then I've got my weird skeleton guy on my leg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's it. Everything else is music. I thought it was like an alien. He's like a skeletal creepy. Everybody always says alien. He looks like an alien. I don't know. But he's like a skeleton, like holding his brain. It was a piece done by an artist named Sean Koss. If anybody's interested. <laughs> now that I've gone on a five minute tangent about what tattoos I have. I have a dinosaur skull and a knife <laughs> and some music note things. One's a hummingbird. It is a hummingbird. I like that Made one. out of music notes. So that's pretty cool. Uh, um, yeah. But tattoos. Tattoos are fun. I don't have any money for anything right now. I so. know. They're really expensive. Anyway. 
episode two of Asylum's <laughs> Month after a four minute tangent. Hello, friends. Hi, everybody. We're back. I'm really hot right now. Do you want me to turn the fan on? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> talk. You got to talk. I have been. You got to figure something about it. Talk. Well, I will tell all of our listeners. Um, so we had a little bit of a late night last night. And so we are not drinking wine this week. Nope. Nope. Sorry. Um, Sorry, we are both just drinking tea, <laughs> nice, so, which is actually probably why I'm warm right now, because I'm drinking hot tea and I'm wearing this gigantic sweatshirt. We are literally dressed the same in case anybody was wondering. Um, it wasn't planned, though. It was not planned. We both just have a love of this gigantic sweatshirt that we both own <laughs> and black leggings. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be comfy today. That, that was, was my goal. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. I rolled out of bed and I looked at Ryan and I was like. Did you just drink the string to the tea bag? Well, it was in it was in the drink because <laughs> I I don't think you noticed, but downstairs I was like bobbing my tea bag in the water, and it, the the little tabby broke off and oh. like this whole string fell in, and I was just <laughs> like, oh well. I was I lost one of mine too, so I only have one. Was, but it just fell right in, and so I went to take a sip, and I guess I. Guess I got that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what kind of day I'm having, friends. If anybody's wondering how this day is going for us, this is about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty. I like have a cold. We went out last night. I drank way too much. I sound like I've smoked 18 packs of cigarettes in the last 10 no. days. I, oh my God. Yes, she doesn't have COVID though, so don't no. be worried. Don't be worried. Don't be worried. No, I just have a nasally cold. So if I sniffle or sneeze, I am apologizing now. I can't okay. control it. Like that one time I had my uh, sinus infection and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like the whole time. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> All right. Asylums. This is a spooky one, guys. Yes. You've been, okay, so Macy's been hinting at this one all week, telling me, like, little random things here and there, and I'm very, <laughs> very excited to hear about this one. Macy, what are we talking about today? We are talking <laughs> about the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Weston, West Virginia. I want to go here. I want to go here so bad. You I told me, like, three uh, things, and I'm like, I want to go here, and I don't I even can't know wait to talk to you guys about the spooky stuff. I watched several episodes on this. I know that there's a Ghost Hunters or no, a Ghost Adventures episode, like a live episode. Guys, for the life of me, I could not fucking find it anywhere. So, <laughs> um, again, that wiki page, like fake blog thing, they'll tell you what they saw on there because I literally don't know. <laughs> so, but there were a bunch of other episodes. So I'm like, and some of them got like crazy evidence. So I'm excited to talk about this place Yeah, because it's super haunted. Super, super. Um, so the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum sits on 666 acres of land. I hate that. <laughs> and is comprised <laughs> of 13 buildings. Of course it is. Like, could you get any more unlucky? Like, no. Wow, guys. Wow. <laughs> just, just Fucking wow. <laughs> hang the cross upside down and just, like, walk under a ladder and break a mirror. Why don't you? <laughs> exactly. 13 years bad luck times like a million literally <laughs> um and it totals more than half a million square feet like the entire property itself jeez um it took a little over 20 years for the entire complex of all 13 buildings to be completed um it's in a gothic tudor revival style which 
I, I don't know what that means. It's an architect thing. <laughs> where's Josh when you need yeah, him? Yeah, where's my brother-in-law when you need him? But you know what? It's a pretty building. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. It's a pretty building. <laughs> That's what matters. I mean, if you can guess, Gothic is it's kind of spooky. And yeah. Tudor is like, you know, the Tudors from Europe. But okay. <laughs> um, I know this is, I'm trying to like draw conclusions here. I don't really know. Um, I didn't look up that part. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Um, the building followed uh, the Kirkbride plan, which was named after Dr. Thomas Kirkbride, a 19th century pioneer in mental health treatment. Ooh, um, okay. And this is from legendsofamerica.com. It is a quote. Uh, this plan called for long rambling wings arranged in a staggering formation, assuring that each of the connecting structures received an abundance of therapeutic sunlight and fresh air and patients were allowed privacy. Okay. Um, there were tiered wings on either side of this larger building. It's a, the admin building is right in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, and it also allowed for segregation of patients based on sex and severity of mental illness mm -hmm. so they could separate them pretty easily um and this is a quote from the lineup the approach created by philadelphia psychiatrist thomas story kirkbride in the mid-19th century emphasized architecture designed to have a curative effect on patients with long staggering wings that give each patient's room access to light and fresh air oh Doorways were carefully positioned so that sunlight could flood, flood into them when they were opened. Mm -hmm. There were lots of open spaces for patients to gather and socialize that were designed. Um, the grounds were landscaped so that patients looking out windows could see, like, the hills and, like, all the nature outside. <laughs> um, and, the Kirk, and Kirk Bride himself believed that physical activity was a form of patient therapy like staunchly believed in this um and patients were afforded lots of privacy comfort and dignity like he really wanted to treat them well and not like so many people did at the time yeah um there was art therapy that would have were was getting ready to be done uh there were performances that he wanted to have be part, part of this plan um and some patients, like, in the very early years of the asylum's life, I guess, mm -hmm. um, people reflected fondly on their experiences, for the most part, because they followed the Kirkbride, Kirkbride plan, and this was, like, his whole philosophy. Mm -hmm. um, there are several other buildings in the United States that also followed the Kirkbride plan, but uh, Trans-Allegheny is the largest by far. Yeah. Um, so this called for it to be located in a, um, pretty rural area. It needed a lot of open space mm -hmm. and it wasn't built particularly for security or safety. Um, it was built to quote, foster the best known concepts of curing the patient and patients, um, were housed, um, among basically stranger strangers and were kind of not allowed to have visitors or mail or anything like that like, like they were supposed to focus on their treatments they were kind of closed off from the world yeah yeah um so construction for the building began in 1858 um and the construction crew was mostly made up of prisoners and slave laborers um construction was halted in 1861 by the civil war 
<laughs> um, and the partially built facility and its grounds were then used by Union soldiers as Camp Tyler. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> the South Wing was completed at the time and was used as barracks, and um, the ma- main foundation there served as their stable. <clears throat> um, and the Confederate soldiers would actually raid the camp in 1862 and in 1863. So, like, this, like, land has, like, a lot of history before was it was say, even... so there was, like, battles on this land. Yeah, yeah, skirmishes and stuff. Yeah, geez, that's already starting bad stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. The hospital changed hands several times during the Civil War um, and was renamed the West Virginia Hospital for the Insane in 1863 when West Virginia was admitted to the United States as, like, a state. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it continued to kind of like house soldiers for a while. Um, the first round of patients that were supposed to come in in 19, uh, in, sorry, in 1864 actually had all of the food and clothing stolen. Like oh. that was intended for them. Like, they, oh, <laughs> they were like, uh, yeah. okay. okay, thanks. <laughs> but, uh, Weston State Hospital officially opened in 1864 and the first patients were admitted in October of that year. Okay. Um, and the facility at that time was only designed to house around 250 patients. Um, the first logbook that they have found, um, listed reasons for admission as grief, um, congestion of the brain, feebleness of intellect, seduction, and novel reading. Um, people were also, what? <laughs> yeah, people were also admitted for laziness Domestic trouble, masturbation, menopause, religious enthusiasm, (laughs) superstition. I mean, I'm a little stitious. (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm superstitious. I'm not not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. And tuberculosis. Like, this is a very wide range of things. I would have been screwed. (laughs) Um, The laziness alone would have put me in that place. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um... And the asylum, I guess, um, I saw this in one article that the asylum would offer payment to anyone who dropped off a patient who had no signs of mental illness when they were first committed. I found that, like, kind of odd. So Um, you could just drop off any Joe Schmo that didn't seem crazy and they'd be like, thank you, here's some cash. Yeah. As they basically drove somebody insane. Yeah. By keeping them there. I only found that in one article, so, like, don't quote me on it, but I kind of was like, that's interesting. Like, you know, I was like, I feel like I didn't include that. fucked. Yeah, yeah, it was weird, for sure. So, I mean, this place doesn't have, it doesn't get off to a good start. (laughs) Okay. So, the hospital itself was self-sufficient. They raised their own vegetables, um, maintained a dairy herd, operated an ice plant, there was a nearby coal mine that supplied fuel for heating purposes. There was a reservoir nearby for water. All of the clothing curtains and fabrics at the facility were made in-house. Mm-hmm. Mattresses and furniture were made there as well. Hmm. Um, there was a cemetery on the grounds um, where today over 2,000 people are buried. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so, so this place is pretty self-sufficient, but it... Also has its problems. Of course it does. Um, <laughs> staff were supposed to notify the next of kin when a patient passed away. So going back to the cemetery. Um, in many cases, families would not return to identify or take the bodies. 
um, to bury them for themselves. Um, so unclaimed deceased patients were assigned a number and buried in the cemetery with a simple gravestone um, that would be issued. Um, and only their identification number would be engraved on the stone. Like, That's really sad. Yep. Many of the gravestones were removed over time and even repurposed. So there's no way to identify today the patients buried in the asylum. Um, and patients were always buried, never cremated. Uh, no wonder this place is so fucking haunted. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so the 200-foot clock tower was completed, which is like, if you look at this place, it's fucking huge. It's like the first thing you fucking see is this yeah. clock tower. It was completed in, in 1871, and it was um, the center unit of the whole asylum. It's four stories tall and was designed to house offices and personnel. There's a ballroom in there somewhere as well. Um, the main building was built by architect Richard Andrews, and workers from Germany and Ireland were brought in to complete it with stonemasonry. Um, it's the largest hand-cut stonemasonry building in North America. Oh. Um, and it's made of stand sandstone, which is um a high which has a high qu- um quartz content. Yeah. So a lot of ghost investigators and stuff think that like the building is holding things in because there's a lot of quartz. Quartz, yeah. I I mean that's entirely plausible. Um, and this building is the second largest hand cut stone masonry building in the world next to the Kremlin. What? Yeah fucking big place oh shit (laughs) um there was also so like i told you there was a ballroom so this like an auditorium this um build they would use this building to house a lot of patient activities Mm -hmm. but there was also activities for the community held in there like proms uh what i'm gonna go to I'm going to go to the local insane asylum for my prom. I was just going to say, like, outside proms? Like, not proms for the patients. Like, this is, like, no, outside like proms. People community. Would, they would rent the space to litter. Why? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's where I want to have prom in a fucking insane insane. You know what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um. So... Doctors and nurses' rooms were also located on the fourth floor of the asylum, Ooh. kind of near that area as well. Um, the facility, which was only intended to house 250 patients, had 700, 717 patients by 1880. Um, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> the construction of the building, the of, of everything, would not be complete until 1881. And the total cost of the project was $725,000, which was $300,000 more than was budgeted. Um, The building is 1,295 feet long and contains 2.5 miles of hallway. And the walls are two and a half feet thick. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, if you thought things were already kind of bad it just gets worse oh no guys okay it's not good it's just not bad (laughs) bring it on um voice crack so this facility was built to kind of um pay homage to this to talk dr thomas kirkbride Mm -hmm. and very quickly it headed into what today we would consider inhumane 
practices, yeah, medical so practices. <laughs> but at the time, because they were trying to keep up with like trend, like, you know, the trends and like, you know, all the new stuff in medicine. Yeah. Like they were seen as like revolutionary. Oh, God. But today, not so much. Okay. So <laughs> today, some of these. None of that's revolutionary. <laughs> some of these healing tactics included oh, no. bloodletting. Of course. Um, insulin coma therapy. My favorite. What the fuck which is that? They would basically like ins like give you an insulin until you went into a coma, and then like you would wake up from the coma, and they would be like, "Oh, are you okay now?" I. What? What? <laughs> yeah. How? Why would they think that would fix something? I. I don't know. Oh my god. Um, there were hydro bath, like ice water baths. So like, I actually have a picture of these. You showed me the uh, picture. It's like it's terrifying. Oh, it's just like, oh, just why, 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 why? Um, they had seclusion cells and confinement cribs for violent patients. What is a confinement crib? Exactly what it sounds like. It, it's, it sounds like a coffin. It's like a crib, but it's like a cage. It's like a cage. Basically. It's a cage. Is this a really small one? Yeah. It's pretty small. Um, so it's like putting a human in a dog crate. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yep. Damn. They used <laughs> shock therapy, and they also used what they called a wet pack treatment, which involved wrapping someone tightly in wet, blanket, in wet blankets to restrict movement. The treatment would last days, and when the blankets were completely dry, they would be so tight that the patients felt like they were suffocating or on fire. How did they not all get pneumonia and die? I don't know. Um, oh, my God. Asylum staff were encouraged to send patients to isolation when they were deemed uncontrollable. Oh God. And um, some were even sent into isolation even if they weren't quote uncontrollable they just were annoyed with you or whatever <laughs> um anyone who complained or acted out was subject to solitary confinement oh my god um and they would be chained to walls in empty rooms if they talked about any of this jesus um and some were left in solitary <clears throat> confinement for days weeks or even months at a time months and you can still see the rusted rings in some of the rooms where they used to chain patients to the walls. Today, like, you can see them when oh, you go there. Oh, fuck. Um, That's horrifying. There is an account um, of one former inmate who was a, a boxer, and he had stu suffered boxing-related injuries mm -hmm. that made him emotionless, emotionless and occasionally violent. Like, he obviously had some sort of brain, brain damage. damage. <laughs> um, after being placed in solitary confinement, he attempted to beat down the metal door of his cell. Oh. He was able to rip one door off the hinges and left dents on the other. And when he finally got the door open, he handed the destroyed door to a nurse and calmly went back to his room. Like... The man did not want to no, be in solitary. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's like, you know. Oh, my. Um, And they would also use mind-altering drugs. Of course. Such as, um, sorry, I, God, fucking medicine. <laughs> Cl Chlorpromazine, also known as Thorazine. Oh, God. Um, okay. This was used to treat psychotic disorders. Um, <sighs> it would keep patients... In a catatonic state. 
and that's uh, and it was a it, it was prescribed to a lot of people whether they needed it or not that's not helpful that's just like i don't want to deal with these fuckers let's make them catatonic so i don't have to do anything yeah <laughs> um and then they would also use <clears throat> laudanum which uh is an opiate yes i've heard of that um which is commonly used to treat pain but would not have helped them in the slightest but again an opiate something that you can become it's highly addicted, addicted to. to yep <laughs> um some patients were admitted due to um, due to misdiagnosis or even unfortunate consequences. Um, for example, women would often be abandoned at the asylum by their husbands who were looking to claim any inheritance that they had. Um, men could admit their wife for any reason, and these women would remain wards of the state if their husband decided to never come get them. You know, sometimes I think about our current situation in society and i'm like wow our society is so fucked like can you think about all like how simple the past seems but then people don't always think about this side of stuff where it's like okay yeah things might have been simpler you just wore dresses and you were a housewife but you also were seen as an object and people could literally leave you at insane asylums just because they wanted your fucking inheritance or because they didn't want to be with you anymore like they like would he, just he tell like, people you were crazy and they would drop you off and yeah. you didn't have a say in it he could be like um i don't want to actually have an affair with this person i just don't want to mm-hmm. be with you anymore so but i don't want to like lose any money that I could get out of this. So I'm just going to drop you off at the asylum and continue on and go do my like other relationship. And no one uh-huh. will think anything. Yep. Because you're crazy. Yep. Um, Children. Awful. Children would often be brought with their mothers. Women, pregnant women were brought to the facility and their children were born and would be raised in the facility. Oh, that's so sad. And orphans were also commonly brought to the facility as well. It's um, like not what that's for. Other patient records have revealed um, some medical reasons for admission, <clears throat> such as asthma, rabies, <laughs> and tuberculosis, which you would have never, ever been cured from if you had rabies. <laughs> I was just going to say, um... I mean, it's probably common that they got bit more by animals then. Yeah. It's just... Okay. Um, <laughs> other <laughs> records stated that wives who were insubordinate to their <clears throat> husbands indigestion doubting one's ancestry political and um, political and religious excitement and being kicked in the head by a horse were also on the list of admission reasons if you're kicked in the head by a horse first of all you probably just need an actual hospital (laughs) maybe (laughs) second of all being questioning my ancestry gets me put in a hospital wow they'd be really fucked today with 23 and me's oh shit um so in 19 or sorry in 1890 the women's building was built and two years later the front lawn which is 20 spans 20 acres mm-hmm. of the front of the facility was enclosed by a Victorian wrought iron fence. Ooh, I actually have a picture of this that I'm going to post with all of my stuff. Um, and it's pretty incredible. The, cool. like, it's really ornate. Um, and in 1902, a gas well was drilled on the grounds. So even further making it self-sufficient. Yep. <laughs> um, the hospital's courtyard had been created to be accessible for all patients so that they could have natural sunlight and fresh air. 
But as patient numbers increased, conditions began to worsen. Of course. And patients were unable to enjoy, like, the basic things that they were supposed to have gotten Mm -hmm. from this facility. Um, In 1913, the name of the hospital changed again from, like, Weston State Lunatic, uh, the hospital for the whatever it is, to um, Weston State Hospital. Um, and as the years go by, things just get, like, if you think they don't get worse, they just get worse. (laughs) Um, residents would often set fires in the facility. And in 1935, um, a fire that caused $155,000 worth of damage was set by residents because people were just running wild. Um, no one was killed in the blaze, but the wing was so badly damaged that it had to be rebuilt by the Works Progress Administration. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and by 1938, the, po- the patient population had doubled to 1,661 patients. And this place was supposed to hold 250 people. Yes. Um, oh, God. A, a report issued by a group of medical organizations listed... Um, the hospital's population as including epileptics, alcoholics, drug, drug addicts, and the non-educable. What? It's like education. I've never, I mean, mom. (laughs) Mama V! Like those who cannot be educated? Yeah, yeah. And and non-educated mental defectives, basically. Okay. But it's E D U C A B L E, educable. Not edu- non edu- ed- Oh God, educable. Educable. Right? I'm right. Right? Yeah. I think okay. So. <laughs> so like, as the years go by, they're still getting all of these weird reasons for people being admitted. <laughs> so in 1949, kind of fast forward in a bit, <laughs> the Charleston Gazette wrote a series of exposés that Uh revealed poor sanitation. Wow, not surprised. A lack of furniture, light, and heat in most of the building. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) And this is a uh, quote from the lineup. At its peak in the 1950s, the hospital's population had almost doubled again and housed as many as 2,600 patients more than 10 times the number it had been built to accommodate. Where were people sleeping? <laughs> Just going to talk about that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, as patient numbers increased, the overworked staff began to disregard basic sanitation. Of course. Many windows were left uncleaned and covered in grime, and a lot of the rooms had wallpaper that was just peeling from the walls because it was so old. Ew. Um, The patients were basically left to fend for themselves because there was not adequate staffing. Um, Or they would roam wildly. (laughs) Um, And because the hospital just continued to exceed its capacity. And they, like... They were like, well, we can't supervise them all. Well, it's because what the, what they did was they created one building 
that's supposed to be for people who need mental help, and instead they stuck every Joe Schmo in there. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you've got orphans. That's an orphanage. You need a fucking orphanage. They don't yeah. belong in a fucking insane asylum. Right, exactly, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh my God. It's at this time that um, Trans Allegheny Asylum becomes the primary site for lobotomies. Of course. Um, this was part of the West Virginia Lobotomy Project, and the facility was only one of the, quote, homes for mm-hmm. the project. It was one of four sites designated to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the project was aptly named Operation Ice Pick. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, this is like, this is not a movie. Operation <laughs> Ice Pick. This oh, was so an bad. effort by the state of West Virginia and neurologist Dr. Walter Friedman to use the lobotomy to reduce the number of patients in asylums due to severe overcrowding. Um, Walter Freeman finessed the procedure um, into what is known today as the ice pick lobotomy. Um, And it is performed under local anesthetic. Um, A trans orbital lobotomy or an ice pick lobotomy takes only a few minutes. Of course it does. And involves driving the pick through the thin bone of the eye socket (gasps) and then manipulating it to damage the prefrontal lobes. No, 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 no,
Um, it just gets worse. <laughs> so this overcrowding problem continues to just get worse and worse for them. Mm-hmm. And it led to outbreaks of violence among patients. Um, they were all forced into incredibly close quarters and bed sharing measures oh, no. were eventually put into place because they did not have enough beds for everybody. Gross. This allowed patients eight hours of sleep in a bed before the bed was given to someone else to use for eight hours. And some patients were even forced to sleep on the floor because of lack of furniture. Oh, my God. That's awful. Um, this violence just... It just encompassed everything. It was so bad. It's awful. Um, there's a there's a ward called Ward Two, on the second floor, mm-hmm. and a man there was violently stabbed seventeen times by another patient. Oh. In another room in that same area, two patients committed suicide by hanging themselves from curtain rods. Oh no. And several patients were also murdered by fellow patients. Uh. Um. Staff members were also subjected to violence mm-hmm. several female employees reported being raped many former employees reported being attacked while they were on shifts one nurse even went missing while on duty and her decomposing body was found two months later at the bottom of an unused staircase two months two months they weren't checking. They weren't doing like they How, like basic well, care of this building just went out the well, fucking like, window. And but what blows my mind is the fact that there were so many people in this facility that it's like, how does somebody's body lay at the bottom of a stairwell for two months and nobody notices? Because they're not doing basic checks. But like, don't you think people would have been using the stairs? No, they said it was un. They they never used it. That's why it went undetected. It was a stairwell that was not used. That, is, that baffles me. It's crazy. I'm so um, mind blown. <laughs> and like steadily through this like whole time, they're continuing to create buildings. So in 1960, the medical center, mm-hmm. which includes a morgue at the very bottom. I have pictures of the original um, body coolers. Lovely. That are still there and open. Oh, cool. Um, Yay. The... Patient population slowly started to decrease by the 1980s, Mm -hmm. but patient treatment pretty much stayed the same, um, and unruly patients still were spending time locked in cages, in solitary, all sorts of stuff. One particular murder that they talk about a lot, because they think that this guy's spirit is in facility oh okay was in 1987 a patient named dean metheny who was mentally impaired who i heard from one of the shows that he was like basically mute okay um so he like couldn't communicate he was murdered by two other patients uh 25 year old david mason and 30 year old james woods they were all housed in the like violent men's ward and dean was only there because he was basically childlike 
Yeah. But when he had a tantrum, it was violent. Because he was a full-grown man. Yes. And so he was there, even though he really shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, David and James got annoyed with Dean for some reason. Oh. And the man... Sorry. And the men attempted to hang Dean on the third floor. They would. Well, so what they did was took bed sheets and Mm -hmm. tied them together and threw them over a pipe in the room. And they tied him to it and they would pull him up and let him dangle until he lost consciousness. And then they would put him back down and continue doing this over and over and over again. Oh, my God. They eventually um, figured out they were going to get in trouble for this basically duh and they placed dean's head under a bed frame <gasps> held him down and well one of them held him down and then the other jumped on the bed until the frame pierced through his skull oh my god yeah james and david then changed their clothing because they were covered in blood obviously and went to the nurse's station and told the nurses that ghosts were down the hall killing people. This is documented. There's an actual report that says that they did this from, they, like, hospital records. They said ghosts? Ghosts were down the hall killing someone. The two men were charged with murder. Obviously. But remained at the asylum until it closed. Of fucking course. They basically, like, it was like, what was the point of a fucking trial? They're, they're just already, going right back to where they were. I was going to say they're literally insane. They're already there. <laughs> um, so the Charleston Gazette exposed the asylum once again in 1985. God. And um, they reported that court-appointed inspectors had found the asylum to be, quote, dirty and unkept. Many patients were left naked and, quote, confined to dirty wards with bathrooms s- smeared with feces. Ew. Um, Gross. And in 19... 19- uh, Sorry. Oh, that's my favorite year. 19. <laughs> 19. Ah! 19. Ah! Oh, my God. It's the year I was born. My notes. <laughs> my notes just, like, went away. I'm oh, no. I reopen them. <laughs> they, like, my app just, like, froze and then, like, quit. Oh, I hate when it does that. And then that. reopen. <laughs> I was just like, what's happening? Um, uh, in 1992, the Charleston Exet would expose the asylum one final time, mm-hmm. describing the horrendous conditions um again like they basically were like like, why is nobody doing anything about this (laughs) hey guess what guys it's gotten worse (laughs) um also in 1992 a patient named george edward Bodie died after a fight broke out with another patient um and the body of another patient named brian scott b was found badly decomposing after eight days he had committed suicide and no one had found his body oh my god uh um over (sighs) 20,000 people died at the facility from 1864 to 1994. 20,000. Yeah. No wonder. They have like a a cemetery with 2,000 people in it, but like there's probably more people buried there. Oh, most likely. And they don't know where they are. I mean, there's probably, it probably hit the point where when people died, they just probably had a mass grave. They used to probably go outside and just throw them in. Mm-hmm. Because they were people that, no, they didn't have families. They didn't have loved ones. They, you know, yeah. w- when they died, it was like, oh, another body. Like, we don't care. Just go throw it in the pit. Like. Yeah. 
the oh phil- the God. facility finally closed in 1994 um the conditions had just continuously deteriorated and treatment methods were outdated so they they were just like closed down um and the facility actually became a national historic landmark at this time um still that today um and actually the local economy in west and west virginia was devastated after the closure of the facility because mm-hmm. like no more doctors no more nurses yeah. like it was such a like a business um, and they were unable to recover. The com- community continues to deal with the effects of this. Gotcha. Hello! Welcome to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. The commercial where two idiots debate weird phenomena. I'm Chris. I'm the believer. I'm Cody. I'm the skeptic. We are an LGBTQ paranormal comedy podcast. And proud members of the Podmoth Network. So, did you know there's a creature in Japan called a kappa that tries to suck a bejeweled life force out of your anus? Uh, I did not, and I'm not even going to try debunking that. Instead, I volunteer as tribute. Okay, so if you like your podcast a little spooky, a little mysterious... A lot gay. Do we have the show for you? Just listen and subscribe to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more content, search BSPodPHX on social media or visit BSPodPHX.com. Bye. Welcome to Brew Crime, a true crime and beer podcast. This is a podcast where we pick a theme, cover a few cases, and pair them with craft beer. Join me, Mike. And me, JT. As we explore the world of crime, conspiracies, or whatever catches our attention. You can find us on social media at BrewCrime or our website, BrewCrime.com. And you can find us on any podcast app at BrewCrime Podcast. Join us as we discuss the horrible crimes that surround us and maybe, eh, probably, not definitely tip a bottle or two back as you do it. Drink with us the second and last Tuesday of every month. So today, the asylum is owned by the Jordan family. Joe Jordan bought the property in 2008 at an auction for $1.5 million. Um, He decided he wanted to save it. Um, He was a Morgantown asbestos abatement and demolition contractor at the time of the purchase. So, like, I mean, he knows a little bit about the building and some of its problems, like asbestos. Yeah. (laughs) Um. He has since put another $1 million into the restoration of the property. Oh, wow. Um, And he hired a crew to repair the clock tower, the flooring, and the leaking roof. Like, that was his first thing he did. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Joe's daughter, Rebecca Gleason, handles marketing and sales for the facility. And her husband, who is a historian, writes all of the grants. Oh, cool. It's like a whole family business. Her daughter, like, runs around and stuff like that, too. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Um, The Jordans have basically capitalized on the public's interest in the paranormal. Um, And they've brought more than 115,000 visitors to the facility since they bought it in 2008. Um, They generate enough revenue from overnight public ghost hunts and other types of tours to pay a staff of 33 members and fund an entire list of maintenance and repair projects. That's awesome. Honestly. They're even, yeah, I know it's like, Like. whoa, (laughs) um, they are even working with the West Virginia university to create an interactive exhibit 
that would feature storyboards, photos, and recorded interviews from former patients and staff. Okay, that would be awesome. Yes. Um, and the museum is also a popular stop for junior high and high school history classes to stop by for, yeah. for field trips um, and nursing and abnormal psychology students. That reminds me of um, Eastern State Penitentiary. Yeah. They have that when you go, when you do the tour, mm -hmm. they give you a set of headphones and like a little recorder device that you walk around and it tells you like, pro, like pro, you know, input these numbers on your little device and it will tell you about where you are. Yeah, they do that and at Alcatraz. It'll talk about like the cells around you, the patients that were there, stories, the things that happened. It was really cool. Yeah, they did that at, at Alcatraz when I went there too. It was yeah. really neat. It was really neat. Um, actually, fun fact. I don't know how fun it is. <laughs> the forensics building, which is not the same way we know the word today, was used to house the most violent patients. So there was like a men's violent ward and then there was like this building, which is like the worst of the, the worst. worst of the worst. Oh, God. Um, and actually, Charles Manson was held in the building for a very short period of time. What? So there's that. What? Oh my God. I was like, why was Charles Manson there? But I was going to say, that's so random. I know, but he was there. I heard it. I heard it come out of like, the like, okay. So what I kind of loved about the shows and I'll talk about them more a little bit later mm -hmm. um, is Rebecca Gleason like comes on and talks on all the shows. Oh, that's cool. Because she like wants people to know the history. Like she doesn't really understand the paranormal stuff and she's like scared yeah. kind of of it but she's like i understand that it brings in the money and i want to know about our ghosts and yeah. like i'll talk about a, a little bit of it later because it's really interesting some of the things that they have found okay um so the haunting <laughs> <laughs> here we go we get to the good stuff oh god okay <laughs> um to say that this location is extremely haunted is an understatement oh no like uh reports include slamming doors screaming especially inside of the electroshock room uh lights or orbs throaty moans ominous breathing and hysterical laughter coming from empty rooms Fun. uh visitors and staff uh often see apparitions walking through the hallways at night um they can also see these though at any hour of the day yeah it's yeah. not limited what i just went to say something and i talked into my teacup instead of my fucking <laughs> microphone i was like what happened <laughs> so i just said yeah twice because i literally was like yes <laughs> <laughs> this, is, like, this is this is my thermos full of tea this not my not, microphone that's not what it, how it is though <laughs> sorry god um, no, you're fine you're fine um objects will move on their own visitors will report feeling watched um Others have seen a ball of light moving in the hallway. Freaky. They see apparition, apparitions dressed in white. Uh, visitors have also reported being scratched and touched. Of course. Um, other paranormal activity includes seeing things move on their own. Mm -hmm. So, like, they see it and sometimes they don't see it. Like, sometimes they'll literally be watching something, though, and it'll move. And you're like, what the fuck? Um, I'd freak out. Oh, and that also is something. I, oh, wow. I was like, I thought I talked about that already. And it was just something I hadn't deleted. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait, I thought I talked about them seeing things move. Um, 
But paranormal activity has actually been reported since the hospital was in operation. Um, workers have set, were said to have only stayed a few days before quitting. Oh. Because they would hear unexplainable noises. They would hear, like, things in rooms where nobody was there. Um, oh, fuck that. Like, for example, somebody said they heard squeaky wheels from, like, a gurney or a wheelchair along a highway or a hallway. Highway. A highway! <laughs> Life is a highway to hell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are on the highway to hell. You don't want to be there. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but, like, they would hear them on in the hallway and then go look in the hallway and no one would be there. Oh, um, God, that would freak me the fuck out. One doctor even reported that she was followed home by a spirit. Nope. That continues to bother her till this day. She, like, still is experiencing it. Has Bilbo Baggins investigated her house? He should. <laughs> um, it is believed that numerous spirits roam the property and they range anywhere from Civil War era ghosts to children to ex-patients and staff. Yeah. Uh, murderers, rapists, and other violent offenders are also believed to still be there as well. Oh, God. <sighs> One of the really active rooms is the lobotomy recovery unit. Um, it's in a sublevel of the basement, and this is where patients were taken to recover from their lobotomy procedures. Of course, it's in the fucking basement. Yeah, yeah. They were well, like, they yeah, let's, so they couldn't let's look hide at- these people that we just medically fucking destroyed because we have no idea what we're doing. There's no science behind this other than the fact that I just want to stick an ice pick in somebody's face. <laughs> they <Sorry>. also, <laughs> after the procedure, would have trouble with lights. So putting, bringing them to the basement where there's, like, no light was probably to... Well, yeah, I guess when somebody sticks a fucking ice pick Needle behind your in eye, your, fucking your, eye. Yeah, your, yeah. Uh, your eyes might hurt a exactly. little bit. <laughs> um, so visitors who visit this section of the building report feeling sudden, suddenly sick. They also report nausea. Oh. Um, they also being uh, report being scratched on the arms, legs, and back in there. Yeah. Um, another hot spot is the medical center. Um, it's a separate building from the main building lobotomies were done in this part of the facility is there anywhere they didn't do lobotomies no it, the medical center was where they did the lobotomies okay but like it's like one of the 13 buildings okay gotcha the medical center was where they had the lobotomies and other medical treatments um it also houses the morgue mm-hmm. evps have been caught in this area of people like saying like fuck you and like get the fuck out of here and like things like that oh. um people also see large shadow figures in there of course the first floor of the Civil War wing, which is in the main building, mm-hmm. um, is also a hot spot. It is the oldest part of the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and an apparition of a former patient known as Ruth is used to w- roam. Blah, 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 I can't fucking talk. It's said to roam this area. I can't talk. I don't know. <laughs> um, when she was alive, Ruth hated men. And would often throw things at them. It's uh, really kind of unknown why she did this and, like, why she didn't like men. I mean, but if her husband dropped her off there. I mean, God bless her soul, honestly. I think that's great. (laughs) I can't stand them. Throws shit at them. (laughs) Yeah. But visitors and staff have reported being pushed up against walls in this area. Um, They've also reported hearing whistling sounds. Like somebody in the hall whistling. Um, creepy <laughs> on in ward two on the second floor um, where the gentleman was the se- the gentleman was violently stabbed the 17 times. Yeah. 
um, and the other two patients committed suicide, mm-hmm. shadowy figures have been seen. And an EVP was captured of someone saying, get out. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like when they tell me to go places. Um, in Ward F, which is on the third floor of the building, this is where um, Dean Metheny uh, was murdered by those two other patients. Mm-hmm. Um, people feel sick. They feel being like they're being watched. They feel like someone is in their personal space. They also feel pressure on their neck. Yeah. And remember, he was hanged. And Dean is said to still haunt the, his room, like where he died. Oh, no. Other two sp- or two other spirits. I can't like talk. I'm like read- I'm like dyslexic today or something. Two other spirits <laughs> are also said to wander this area. One of them is Big Jim. And who's Big Jim? I don't think I want to know who Big Jim is. James Woods. Oh. Dean Metheny's murderer. One of them. Oh. Oh, no. And the other one is a nurse named Elizabeth. Um, Big Jim is known to make people sick when he doesn't want them in an area so that they'll leave. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, no, I don't want to. Uh, I, I, um, no, I just don't want that. <laughs> thank you. Um, in Ward T on the fourth floor of the main building, um, this was the former alcoholic rehab wing. Mm-hmm. Um, a ghost that s- staff members have named Jacob is said to frequent this area. Um, a black mass has also been seen on the floor, along with another apparition that has been nicknamed the Creeper. No. Which crawls along the floor. Absolutely the fuck not. People also rep- report hearing banging pipes um they report getting scratches and welts and they also report hearing rushing footsteps coming towards them i don't like this (laughs) there is also a spirit um that is said to frequent the fourth floor named lily she was nine years a nine-year-old patient who died of pneumonia at the facility that's so sad she spent her whole life there And the story says um, that she was, um, one story, sorry, one story says that she was dropped off at the hospital by her parents. Another one says that she was born there and her mother had been committed at some point. Um, But either way, she died of pneumonia at age nine and the room that she used to be in with her mom is filled with toys that will often move on their own. Um... People say they can hear, like, child's laughter. Ew. Um, And she likes to play games with visitors and staff. She'll, like, tug on you and stuff. Um, There's also a music box in her room that is said to uh, play by itself. No. And what's really interesting, I find this so interesting because she talked about it with Zach Bagans. And I just, it's so cool. (laughs) Um, the owners of the f- facility have actually been able to verify several spirits in the buildings using historical data in hospital records. And, like, they basically hear EVPs of things, and they go and they look it up in hospital records, and it's real. So there was this one woman. That's fucking trippy. Th- there's this one woman um, who committed suicide in, in the woman's ward, and they heard her name in an EVP, mm-hmm. and they found found her in the hospital logs with an entire document that detailed her suicide. Oh my God. Like big Jim is the nickname for James Woods. They like, they brought in a, um, 
a psychic in one of the shows and she talked about how um the other murderer um I forget what, what his name was it was James Woods and David something but David they said he had died very recently when they did the episode like he had just died oh. and they were seeing like a new shadow figure there and they were like is it him and she was like no he did come back for like a little bit but he's not here now oh but like at some point like like big jim is there yeah. one of them at least is there and dean is there that's sad it's really like sad oh man this place is trippy <laughs> you can visit the trans allegheny lunatic asylum uh they have a website i have it linked in my show notes um and you can use their webs their website sorry i can't talk today <laughs> to schedule a tour or a ghost hunt mm-hmm. um they have several public ghost hunts um there is a main building eight hour public ghost hunt a uh med forensic and geriatric building ghost hunt which is six and a half, six hours um and those are also those are both public ghost hunts and those are a hundred dollars a person oh wow there is a private eight-hour ghost hunt, which is a hundred and fifty dollars person a person with a minimum of ten people. Um, Expensive. There are paranormal tours during the evening. There's um, one from ten thirty to twelve ten thirty p.m. to twelve thirty a.m. It's two hours and it's forty dollars a person. There's also one during the day, which is ninety minutes, and that's thirty-five dollars a person. Okay. Um, they also offer flashlight tours for $10 a person during special events and in October. Oh, cool. Um, the facility offer also offers several options for, um, historical and photography tours. <gasps> oh, me. Those are kind of expensive. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> the central section of the museum, which is located in the building with the clock tower houses a museum and several restored rooms mm-hmm. from the 1870s all the way to the 1960s. Um, only one of the patient wards has been completely restored and the, uh, remaining 23 are largely untouched, mm-hmm. uh, cause it costs a lot of money yeah. to fix them. Um, like I said, the facility is open for tours and fundraising events and all of the proceeds go to the restoration and preservation of the historic landmark. Um, Many of the exhibits are designed to educate people on the treatments that were considered state of the art at the time and allow, um, although, sorry, although now they are considered largely horrifying. (laughs) These include electric shock therapy, lobotomies, cold water baths, and cage-like cribs that were hung from the ceiling. They're all available for you to see. Oh, fun. Um, (laughs) The Seven Room Museum showcases more than 120 pieces of patient artwork made in therapy um this includes pottery paintings quilts etc wow and um the displays also include superintendents books nurses logs and other hospital documents damn so um i really want to go there i already I asked tyler if we could go to west virginia this summer i was gonna say that sounds like fucking fun <laughs> he was like because honestly i just go on a paranormal tour the two-hour paranormal tour and i kind of just hang back like, yeah. I wouldn't go, I don't know if I'd go on, like, the thing that's $100 a person. Yeah. That seems like a lot. I don't but know. Like, I'd, I I think I'd want to do a little bit more research and see the kind of experiences people have had with it and if it's worth it. 
Yeah, because if it's worth it, I'll pay the money. Yeah. But it's expensive. Yeah. Because I'd also want to go to all the historic tours during the day. Mm-hmm. And those are like $35. It's not like Rolling Hills. Like Rolling Hills, I felt like, was generally there was like, cheaper. There was like one historical tour, and then there's like two options for overnights, and that's it, right? Well, no, there's like a bunch of options for overnights, but they're pro- public and private. Okay. So they're yeah. so like they're the the public ones are like thirty dollars a person and like that's mm-hmm. doable, but the private ones, which is what we'd want to do, are expensive. Are expensive. Yeah. So and like require ten people. Like yeah. and we'd have to at least for Trans Allegheny, you have to bring all of your own equipment. Ooh. You like they don't they don't supply you with anything. That's so a there's that. Bummer. Um, like I said, there are several episodes that I watched to um do my research for this show. Mm-hmm the show huh. <laughs> i guess it's a show um <laughs> one of them was ghost hunters classic i used to love them and i really don't like them now <laughs> i really Same. don't they got a lot of evidence but i didn't think that they got as much evidence as some of the other ones i watched yeah. um one of them was paranormal lockdown that has the girl from um paranormal uh state in it named katrina okay and some other guy that I, I don't know. But Amy Bruni and um, Adam Adam Barry came on that for a, a period of time. And that okay. was interesting. I love them. So I was going to say I love them. anything that they were in. I was like, oh, I'm down. OK, cool. Like <laughs> they, they've they've christened it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I like it was OK. Um, There was Ghost Adventures Aftershocks which was half of an episode about it where he went and ta- went back and talked to some of the staff that he'd interviewed previously. Yeah. They showed um, Rebecca some of the um, evidence that they caught that they hadn't shown her. Like one of them Ooh. is like a very clear disembodied scream. Yeah. And I told you, remember when I told you that, that I, when I watched the rolling Hills episode, something like that happened there. Yeah. He mentions that the only other time that they've heard a scream that loud like that is at Rolling Hills, like at Trans Allegheny and Rolling Hills. That's terrifying. So, like, that's fucking scary. That's really like, scary. I was like, you've been to really scary places. Go, Zach Bacon's. <laughs> Bill Will. Um, but they talk with her and um, they talk about, like, if the the paranormal activity has increased since they've been there. And she, of course, says yes. Like, any time that you were poking into things that you probably shouldn't be poking into um well, i mean that's what they say is you, you pay attention to it it's going to come forward if you if you ignore yeah, it it goes away it goes away but you're literally profiting off of it you're inviting the public in to come basically poke as, the bear as so long of course as it's gonna build i think they talk a lot though in in their tours about how they want people to be respectful they're like listen like don't taunt the spirits like yeah come on don't like, this is our business baggins. here <laughs> This is our business here, and, like, you know, we want the spirits to be happy. We don't want them to be upset and, like, hurting people. Any weirder or angrier than they already are. I mean, they're already, like, they just don't know why they're there, and they're, like, you know, they're they're still in that death state, and, like, you know, it's, like, confusing for them, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Two of the episodes that I, if you want to, like, see some scary shit, one of them was Portal's, um, Portals to Hell. This yeah. also has the girl from um, Paranormal State, Katrina. Oh. But it also has Jack Osborne, Ozzy Osborne's son. Why? He is a ghost hunter now. He has, like, another show on Discovery Plus called I Want to Believe with his whole family. Oh, I remember seeing commercials for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, that's and so, so weird. They go to tra- they go to Trans Allegheny, and at one point they sit in Dean's room. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not talking into the microphone. Oops. <laughs> that, that that's the danger of holding it, though. I know. <laughs> um, but they have an incredible session with a REM pod. Like I said, they, it's widely believed that Dean was pretty much nonverbal. Yeah. Um, whether he just was like, he couldn't talk or didn't want to talk. I'm not really sure. But, um, you know, people are like, Dean, will you talk to us? Dean, tell us your story. And he can't fucking talk. And so they did a session with a REM pod where all he had to do was get into this, the energy of this thing and it to, would go it off. It goes off. Yeah. They had a yes or no question and answer session with him. And he answered like, they said, do like if if it's no, don't do anything. But if it's yes, go in front of it and make it go off. And they were like, do you understand? It went off. They were like, Dean, like and they were asking him questions and he would like answer yes or it would be quiet for no. And then at one point they brought out a piece of artwork that one of his murderers had done. Oh. They put it next to the REM pod and they like they got nothing nothing it like went completely silent and then they were like are you scared of this and like they were like okay we're gonna take this away we're gonna take this away and they put it somewhere else and they sat back down and they were like does that make you feel more comfortable rem pod goes off oh my god like i was like what the fuck (laughs) like i just was like dean is there like and then that's sad and then the other rooms that they like or that the other people that go there are like dean are you here, Dean? And it's like, if he is nonverbal, he can't fucking talk to you. Yeah. Like, like, just because he's in the afterlife doesn't mean all of a sudden magically he speaks now. Like, yeah. Like, but so like the REM part, I thought was such a smart idea. That is a really smart idea. Um, And the other one that I watched, which this fucked me up. I was so scared. Uh, was Destination Fear. Oh. Uh, at one point, and they all go off at the end, and I think this is very brave of them. At the very end, they spend, like, the whole night in the in the place alone in, like, the most haunted areas. They pick, like, the four most haunted areas, and they all go sleep there fucking alone. Like, you guys are brave. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, yeet, yeet. <laughs> I am out. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> but um, so at one point, they're, this is before they go to bed. They're all investigating, mm-hmm. and two of them are in Dean's room, and two of them are, like, in a completely different section of the building. Completely different. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, one of the kids gets a call from one of the, o- one of the other ones in the group. Yeah. And he's like, why is Tanner calling me? And he answers, and it's just this loud fucking screeching on the other side of the phone. <laughs> and it hangs up. And so he walkie-talkies them and is like, Tanner, did you just call me? And Tanner's like, my phone is like with our equipment. I don't even have it. He's like, no, no, dude, you're fucking joking with me. You just called me. And he's like, no, I don't even have my phone. And so like the other guy that he's with is like, check your pockets. Like make sure that you didn't buck dial him or something like that. And he's like, okay. Oh yeah. And they don't have a phone. So they're both like, okay, well we're going to go like meet back up at where we have all our equipment. We're going to meet back there. Yeah. And like, as they're talking on the walkie talkie, the phone rings again and he answers it again oh. high pitch fucking squealing and th- like and she's like that sounds like 
like like a demon or something and i'm like okay but like it could just be interference because they like because the spirit is trying to manipulate it but can't yeah but i was like okay i don't really think it sounds like a demon but it is high-pitched squealing it's still fucking scary yeah and um it hangs up again so as this is happening like they're all like okay we're meeting we're meeting we're like get up now we gotta go we gotta go yeah they show up to where all the equipment is and tanner's phone is dead fuck that it's dead i was like what the fuck i was so like riveted when this happened because he's like i don't even have my phone that's fucking terrifying and he was like this was fully charged and his phone is dead like it blew my fucking mind that's scary i was like i have to go to this place I have to go to this place. I want uh, to be spooked. I want to be spooked. <laughs> I I just really do. I really like, I feel like it's always something that I've wanted to do. I've always been like, it's like a bucket list thing for me to actually do a real one. Yeah. Serious with people. Yes. Like, I would love to have a ghost hunting show. I'm as fun as Zach Bagans. <laughs> if not funner. I'm sorry, you said that while I had tea in my mouth. I'll spit it out. <laughs> I'm just as fun as Zach Bagans. But I like, I, it's always something that I've really, really wanted to do. And like, that just seems like a dream come true to yeah. go there. That would be so scary. That would be so cool. And like, you can go to, go to multiple buildings and like, I just, no, I'm, yeah. I'm about it. I want to do it. So yes. if anybody wants to come on a ghost hunt with me. Please help me because <laughs> I want to go so bad uh, now that yeah. I've done all the research on this, this in Rolling Hills. Like, I mean, Rolling yeah. Hills is a little less far fetched because it's closer <laughs> yeah, and it's a little cheaper, but that's trans Allegheny lunatic asylum guys. That's terrifying. Isn't that scary? <laughs> it's awful. It's like, it's like the history of it is just fucked. Yes. And then like the haunting is also fucked. You're like, <laughs> you're just like, uh, I don't know what to do right now. I don't. Like, I mean, it doesn't seem. Of all the places Zach Bagans has been, it seems the least. Like malicious, like people have been scratched and stuff, but like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like there was one girl that said she got like dragged out of a room or something. Like, I don't know how much I believe that, mm. but like, it was a very elaborate story. Yeah. But I was like, okay, maybe you did. I don't know. I, <laughs> I wasn't don't there. <laughs> um, but like, it just he he never was like, "There's a demon here." Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, obviously, like the like there would be scratching and stuff from patients who are like, "Leave me the fuck alone!" Like, go mm-hmm. away, or like, you know, that doesn't really seem to surprise me. Yeah. But he didn't. He wasn't like, "There's a demon, demonic presence in these halls." Yeah. You know when he does that. Yes. <laughs> and he, like, I feel like he makes comments sometimes. Where Such he, negative energy. I feel so negative in here. It's like, no, you just want to be mad at Aaron right now. Like, like you want a reason to he, lock Aaron in a room by himself. Yeah, he like he bumped you the wrong way. <laughs> now you're pissed. I think it's hilarious <laughs> that now in the in like the newer season that they've just put out, the times when Zach is like, Aaron. Come in here. And he's like, no, dude, you're going to fucking lock me in there by myself. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. And he, like, won't go. Or, like, if he is somewhere and they close and lock the door, he's just like, they just fucking lock me in again. <laughs> like, it's like, it doesn't even freak him out anymore. He's just like, and I'm locked. <laughs> Bilbo's not nice to him. He no. needs to be nicer to Aaron. Aaron is so sweet. He's but my favorite. I love Aaron. I wish I had gotten to see the whole full live 
I know. Thing. It was like they said it was like a ten hour thing. It was like all night. Yeah, that was their old live shows literally used to go all night long. That's so cool. They would they would only put like two hours on TV. They would like start it out on television and then the rest of it you watched through streaming online. Yeah, yeah. And you could like see all the camera feeds from all their different cameras and stuff. That's so cool. It was yeah, it's it was like a whole project. They've stopped they stopped doing that. Now they I mean they do like the full night investigations, but you only see it in the show. See like a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely an interesting case to cover. Yeah. These asylums have like really fucked me over. I'll say these are. I'm like like, really like. I was like, I want the spook now. These are fucked. (laughs) (laughs) I want the spook. I asked for the spook. I got the spook. Yeah, I got the spook, and so did you. The spooky spook. Oh, the spooky spook. All right, Nicole. So where can they find us? Yawn. I'm sorry, that was really bad timing. My (laughs) body was like, you're gonna yawn right the fuck now. So we are uh, um, uh, everywhere. You can find us most importantly on patreon.com slash podcast. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Go. Okay. I'm going (laughs) to say something after you talk about Patreon. Okay. So (laughs) Patreon is a subscription website. You pay one or two dollars a month because we are cheap dates and you get access to uh, all this fun behind the scenes content. Um, Every uh, every month we put up a bonus episode. Um, that is purely for our Patreon listeners. Um, if you sign up for the $2 tier, we will send you a handwritten thank you card with some uh, uh, limited edition Buzzkiller stickers um, that you can only get by signing up for our Patreon. That is the only way for you to get those. Um, and thank you to our new Patron, yes. Ashley. Thank you, Patron Ashley, for jumping in the glass with us. You are in the Patron <laughs> glass with us now. Um, and there's a lot of fun stuff over there, so... Check it out. I recommend hitting the subscribe button. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Exactly. <laughs> um, and to, excuse me. Uh, just uh, just so you know, all of the money that goes uh, into the Patreon automatically just gets put right back into the podcast. Everything we do is just to better it for you guys. Merch, um, more time for, you know, more content, yeah. stuff like that. So we got a lot of ideas. It's it's going to take us a hot minute to get there, but we're going to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of ideas and only two people. <laughs> and both people work full time jobs. <laughs> Limited resources. And it's uh, it's struggle. <laughs> we're getting we're doing it. We're, we're doing the thing. <laughs> we're trying our best. <laughs> um, if you are interested in following our social media, we basically have everything you can think of. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Buzzkillers Podcast. At Buzzkillers Podcast. We are on Twitter at Buzzkillers Pod. At Buzzkillers Pod. <laughs> we are on YouTube. If you want to hop into your search bar, you can find us by uh, by by typing. We're having a hard time today. I'm having a freaking. I'm on the struggle bus. <laughs> I'm like, it's going. We eight. only had tea. I jumped on the struggle bus. When I first woke up this morning, and it's going ninety right now. I promise. Um, I, I promise you, I did not like put booze in my fucking tea. No, literally, I had peppermint tea like, <laughs> I, <laughs> and honey. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm on Dayquil. Does that count? <laughs> um, we are. If you go into your search bar on YouTube, type Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast, and we will pop up. Hit that subscribe button while you were over there. Um, 
And there's that. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Again. (laughs) Um, If you are interested in listening to us and you don't like the platform you're already on, you can find us anywhere that you can basically download a podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music slash Audible. We are on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and of course, our our wonderful host, Platypus Podbean. Yeah, blah, 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 Podbean. (laughs) I went to say something, and then I noticed that I was going to say it wrong. The struggle bus is nearing 100 miles an hour. And then I started singing. Um, And, of course, we have our very own website, buzzkillerspodcast.com. Buzzkillerspodcast.com. And over there, you can learn a little little bit about Macy and I. You can check out the wines that we drink. um, And, oh, my gosh, excuse me. The The peppermint tea is making you burp. It is. It's it's hitting (laughs) me. Um, most importantly, there is a contact page where you can write any kind of message you want to us. Um, yes. You know, we, we're always looking for monthly topic recommendations, case recommendations. Um, if you want to just send us some love, say, say hi. We'll answer. Victoria knows. Yep. <laughs> we, we have weekly conversations with Victoria. I don't think anybody <laughs> understands this. <laughs> um, but, uh, we, uh, love hearing from you guys anything you have to say we're willing to listen so if you want to use that contact form you can reach out to us or if you'd like to email us directly we are buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com yes ma'am <laughs> yes wham bam thank you ma'am um you said you were going to say something oh that was it thank you ashley for becoming oh. a patron oh okay oh because <laughs> i i probably should have said it at the beginning but i forgot sorry Okay. My brain is a little cloudy. Oh, my God. We're very fried today. My, my brain is cloudy today. <laughs> I am the definition of a fried human being right now. I really want a pizza pizza. Pizza I, pizza. <laughs> listen, when I was on the way home last night after, okay, I'm going to tell everybody this quick story because it's true crime related and it's it's relevant. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's scary. Um, yeah, it was actually, it was a very close call and it was kind of terrifying. Um, so... On last night, my everybody knows Ryan. I talk about him all the time. My boyfriend, um, he is in a band, and he played a show in Syracuse last night. Um, and after the show, we cleaned everything up. We were loading his drums into the car, and there's, um, uh, sorry, a bar, like two doors down from the venue that they played at. And we were all gonna go into the bar, all the bandmates and stuff, and we were just gonna have a couple drinks and hang mm-hmm. out. And Ryan and I were walking over to this bar and we passed this big group of kids. There was probably like 10 or 15 kids all standing there and there was people walking around. The concert had just gotten out and like, and these kids were all fucking screaming at each other and they were like, oh, come over here. Yeah. Say that to my face. Just, yeah. You come over here. Come over here. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. you want to deal with me? Like, come over here. And they were, they were getting verbal. They were it was we were like no oh, it's okay. clearly like an altercation going on yeah so ryan and i like kind of quickly scooted around them and into the bar and just to give you a reference this i this uh this bar the entire front of it is a window there, yeah there's yeah. no wall it's the floor to ceiling wall to wall window yeah it's huge and we got in there met up with our friends had like ordered our drink and were waiting for the drink we hadn't even been in there two minutes and there's it's so Syracuse is so weird there's a road that they always close down late at night and mm. I don't know why they do it so there was uh, there's cops that are always parked there just to keep people from, from going that w- going there, yeah. in that direction 
and all of a sudden we saw like all of these cops just go running past the window up the road and we were like what the fuck what the fuck and all the people that were over by the window sitting and drinking everybody started kind of like stand up we were watching all of a sudden there was cop lights on and we were like what What just happened what is happening yeah and then all of a sudden people were like oh my god there were shots fired and we were like what and the bartenders and everybody like okay everybody get away from the windows they like started moving everybody back from the windows and the next thing you literally see was the cop go by with the yellow police tape the crime scene tape the crime scene tape (gasps) outside he literally they were like wrapping it around the trees that were down the sidewalk they like within like minutes it was we were like we were standing there we were like what the just happened oh my god and we had no idea and they ended up closing the bar early and they had us leave through the back they didn't even let us out the front they like came around they were like five minute warning guys we have to close like you gotta go everybody's gotta leave out the back like go that way so we all finished our beers really quick left and they had the whole street out front closed down the whole block oh man and it was all crime scene tape there was cops everywhere and we when we at this point we had no fucking idea what was happening our car was in a parking lot across the street and there was cops everywhere i literally walked up to one of the cops and i was like um am i gonna be able to get my car out of that lot over there and he was like you might be able to there's there was like three entrances to the lot we were parked in thankfully and one of them was not blocked by police oh nice so we did manage to get our car out but we were we were parked like right along the street basically in that yeah it was lot. like right across the street and i have i have a picture that i can share if people are really interested i just took pictures of the street with the crime scene tape and all the lights and shit yeah yeah i and got one at one in the morning <laughs> yeah I know. well because i texted you in all caps and i was like um i'm in this bar and apparently there's been shots fired outside and, and I, cops I was everywhere. like um are you okay? they're like kicking us out the back of the bar i'm like what is happening <laughs> And, of course, we'd all been drinking all night, so we were all pretty toasted. And I woke up this morning to an article from Syracuse.com, and one person did, unfortunately, die. Um, they, have, shootout, yeah. they have not named this person, um, but there were a lot of shots fired. One person died. There is one person in critical condition, and there are three people that were wounded. And we literally missed it by, like, minutes. Like it's crazy. We walked past the start of the al- the altercation and we're inside not even two minutes when the cops went running up the road. Like we were so lucky. Yeah, you could have been like right in the middle of it. Like <laughs> and they like started shuffling everybody towards the back of the bar because they were afraid that there was going to be more shots because it really was. There was a group of like 10 to 15 people outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was I like was standing in a corner with my beer and I was like okay the drunkness is wearing off this is slightly (laughs) I am sober now I'm slightly terrified and I I my true crime ass wants to know what going is going on but I'm also scared as piss (laughs) (laughs) I need to leave but yeah so that was that was my eventful night last night and uh, I didn't know about any of that until after I got home so yeah you thankfully you had gone home yeah, we didn't even see that. We literally, and I like, we got a text from Ryan's dad this morning. And he was like, um. Are you guys okay? Y'all right over there? Like. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> we were like, you would have known if we weren't. Yep. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, yeah. I would have been texting you and like, hello. But like, we had friends who were parked on that street. They couldn't drive couldn't get their Couldn't get their cars. Like, it was not pretty yikes yikes it it was yeah that was scary so but yeah we're happy you're okay 
I'm happy you're okay. I'm happy I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really was. Like, I was thinking about that, and I was like, we, because we hung out over at the car for a hot second, just getting some fresh air, because it was, it was hot in the venue. And, mm-hmm. like, if we had hung out just a few minutes longer, like, it could have been a different story. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's really scary. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't remember where, where I was going with that. I, like, told that because I had a purpose, and I don't remember what it was. We were talking about how we were on the struggle bus. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, yeah. That was my night, basically. <laughs> and I've got this cold, and my ass thought it would be a good idea to take some Dayquil and then go drinking. I didn't so. think that that was a good idea, but you were so determined, so I wasn't going to say no. <laughs> I wanted to have fun. <laughs> and it turns out Dayquil and alcohol make you very drunk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not very good for your liver either. Ten out of ten, do not recommend. Not ten, out ten. <laughs> ten out of ten, me's would not recommend. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, thanks but. for tuning into this chaotic this episode. chaotic episode uh, <laughs> with all of its uh, memory slips and word vomit and all. God, we're glad you love us. <laughs> seriously because sometimes i'm like what am i doing i feel like sometimes we have such like neat and like perfect episodes and then we have times like this where we're just like every five seconds and it's like (laughs) oh god what is wrong today (laughs) yeah i couldn't do it um anyway we'll be back next week with nicole's episode her asylum episode um a uh, Patron Glass episode should be coming out as well. In yes, the, um, I have an idea for that, and I'm yeah, you're hoping, doing that this month. Yes, I I am. It's going to be my mini this month. Normally, I, like I we do it on and off, on and off, on and off. But because of the week we took off, because I was on vacation and all that fun jazz, we thought we were going to have time to record, and then it just didn't work oh out. Oh god, so. it's been a disaster zone <laughs> for us this month. We were like, we're going to catch up. Yeah, guess who didn't catch up, guys? <laughs> um, us. <laughs> us. That's us. <laughs> I'm referencing me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But it's been a time. We're getting there. And we're happy you guys stick with us. We love you guys. Yeah, we love you guys so we much. We hit 13,000 downloads. So thank you very much. Ah! We couldn't do it without you. We get... It's like we can see the growth. Like, we get more comments on, you know, social media. We get more yeah. downloads daily. And it's just... It's exciting. It's humbling. It really is. It literally is. is like, wow. Something that just kind of started as like a first shits and giggles. What if we made a podcast? Yeah, like, yeah. Just randomly. It's something we love and we wanted to try it out. And you guys have made us keep going. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Like times a, a million. Yeah. A hundred million trillion gazillion. We love you all. And until next time. Okay. We love you. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by BK Creations, LLC.